Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. All right, Inspiring People and Places, we are back with a little bit of an adjacent guest, if you will, but very much in line with our veteran mission and helping veterans with transition, in particular with business. Allow me to introduce Ken Davenport. Ken is an entrepreneur and writer in San Diego, California. He is the CEO of Mission Edge, a social enterprise providing consulting and strategy services to nonprofits and small businesses in underserved communities. Prior to starting Mission Edge, Ken was a serial entrepreneur who started and ran several successful companies in the healthcare and data analytics field. Ken is passionate about veteran entrepreneurship and teaches the Boots to Business course for the Institute of Veterans and Military Families at Syracuse University and has been an instructor for the Veteran Transition Program with Four Block. Ken is a past board member at the Travis Mannion Foundation, a past board member at San Diego Social Venture Partners and remains an active seed investor and mentor to numerous startups, including mine, even though he doesn't know it yet. <laughs> Ken's writing includes two novels, an alternative history of the early 1960s called The Two Gates, and a techno thriller called The Bug Hunter. His most recent book is called The Stoic Transition, How Veterans Can Thrive in Their Next Adventure. And it wasn't until midway through the book that I realized Ken is not a veteran but is passionate about helping our veteran community. I don't usually read bios, Ken, but yours is so broad. I had to, I had to dabble just to give a taste to our audience to, uh, to listen further. Welcome to the show, Ken. Thank you very much, BJ. It's great to meet you. Great to be here. You too. I can't, can't thank you enough for everything you're doing. Really, I really want to start with the elevator pitch of what Mission Edge is. Um, sure. Talk to us about that. So really, she's a capacity builder, mostly in the nonprofit space, but also increasingly helping uh, low to moderate income founders and those who are challenged to have uh, the infrastructure and support to get, to get their businesses going. And we provide sort of soup to nuts kind of back office support, accounting, fractional CFO, HR. Uh, and we really help. Uh, our main mission is to help nonprofits focus on their mission and not worry about the operational details of running a business, which they tend to get tripped up on a lot because it's not an area that they focus on. It's not an area that funders like to fund. And so they end up really kind of um, giving it short shrift. And then they end up having a lot of operational problems later because they're not really investing in the organization. So we come in and take care of all of that stuff for them. Hmm. So what exactly does your infrastructure look like? A bunch of back office employees or? Yeah, so we, we, we almost exclusively have full-time employees. We don't, we don't really work with contractors. Mostly they're um, accountants and CFOs who have decided that they want to spend their time giving back to the social sector while they're still you know, making some money. And so um, they're very passionate about the clients that they work with. They become a part of their team in effect. And just a lot of passionate individuals who are using their business experience and expertise to kind of help these social organizations run better. 
I, I love it. Where did I've got two questions. Where did the idea for Mission Edge come from? Curious if it had anything to do with Travis Mannion. And where did your passion for the veteran transition come from? Yeah. I mean, those two things are actually very closely intertwined. I had left my, uh, so I had started a company in 2007, 2008. And by 2010, it become very disillusioned with my own life and feeling a purpose of a, vac- a purpose vacuum, I guess, like I was making money and, you know, but I was really unhappy with mostly what I was doing on a day-to-day basis and didn't really feel like, you know, I kind of had this, I like to talk about kind of as my obituary moment. I was thinking about, you know, what, what's my, what, when I die, what am I, what, what are people going to, what story have I written about myself? And I, I didn't feel very good about it. I thought it was very shallow, frankly. And so I left my company. I took a year to kind of wander. Um, for the first time, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a company. I, I was just sort of searching. And um, in the process of searching, I ran into Social Venture Partners, which was a kind of a group of uh, other business folks who wanted to invest and give back to the social sector. And so I started realizing that, hey, you know, nonprofits have needs and I, I know how to do a lot of this stuff. And it felt like a good, uh, a good sort of combination. And then the day, the year that I um, joined Social Venture Partners, the investment um, um, sector was the military. And so I became a partner um, on, on an, our engagement with the Armed Services YMCA at Camp Pendleton on the Marine Corps base. And I just fell in love with uh, the Marines there. I fell in love with the mission. I found my tribe. I felt like I found my tribe. Like, I feel like, I, like it, if it had been 30 years earlier, like it would have been me, you know? Sign me up. Yeah. Yes. I was just like, these are my people. Like, I was just, I was there. I was like, this is great. I love this. So I just dove feet first into the veteran military community and and just really gave back authentic, authentically. Like, I, I, I didn't serve. I don't. I don't claim to have. I just know that I had a lot of things to give, and I just wanted to give it freely. And so, and that's where I kind of met the Travis Manning Foundation. I helped bring them to San Diego and opened up their office here. And you know, starts just started getting referred by people who said, "Hey, this guy really, you know, you should meet him. He, he's got a lot of good ideas, and he can really help you." And I kind of built my network that way. That is that is awesome. And thanks for what you did to help TMF because they are unbelievably successful as yeah. a as a nonprofit if not me who if not if not yeah. now when type of yeah. i think there's something like that in their mantra and i, I think if diving yeah. yeah diving into the community is teaching character leadership shout out to my dad who just became a volunteer for tmf shout out Good. to joey fay who i think is a a current board member, heavily involved, has been a guest on the podcast. Uh, John Denome, a lot, lot of, lot of friends in connectivity. Travis sure. Mannion. So I want to give them their due here. Yeah, uh, good. you know, just as an aside, today is the 13th anniversary of Brendan Looney's uh, death in Afghanistan, and Amy Looney, who's a VP at the Travis Mannion Foundation, a good friend of mine. And so I just sh- shout out to her and thinking of her today. Oh uh, yeah, and and I forget. Is it Brothers Forever? The book, yeah. yeah. That, uh, Tom Tom Manning wrote. Yeah, it, it's a it's a fantastic book, and and I I can't say enough about the organization. I mean, they're they're just in it for the right reasons. Have really built a national platform 
teaching the next generation about the importance of service and sacrifice and and really kind of showing them that, and this is something that I believe to the core, that, you know, your the the value of your life is really defined about how much you give back and what you do for others. It's not about what you make for yourself. And I think yeah. that's that's the integral message of of the of TMF. And I, I think it needs to be it needs to be shout, shouted from the rooftops. I, I was just gonna say, say yeah. say it louder. A lot of our veteran transition. I think that by the core of what we do in the military and the greater good and like not to get into global politics, but if you just stick with signing up for service to country and service to others, you have a you have a mission that is by its very nature give back. When you transition, you you, you a lot of folks are just trying to replace income. And they don't realize how much they lose connectivity to serving something greater than themselves. And I'm an entrepreneur. You know, cash flow and profitability is the lifeblood of continuing to grow any mission and impact. And and I'm sure, you know, that's that's the part that you complement the social sector because there's no lack of needs in the world that need to be served. And some of them fall into capitalism and some of them fall into more social enterprises. Um, but I think being able to connect people to meaningful work that has a bigger purpose than just the almighty dollar is yeah. is critical. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, my, my, my perception of the transition industrial complex that's been created, you know, mostly by the military is that it's very tactics based, right? It's all about tactics. And because that's the easy thing to measure, it's like, it's easy to measure if you get out and get a job, it's not easy to measure how happy your heart is and how fulfilled you feel, right? And so the hard part that they're missing is that there's a philosophical question here of how do you take these millions of veterans and, and you know, the, 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 I don't know what the number is every year, 250,000 veterans that get out every year. And how do you repurpose them to continue to serve our community, which the community desperately needs? How do you mm -hmm. tap in to the passion of getting up every day and feeling like, hey, you're not putting on a uniform anymore, but you're putting on your clothes in order to go out and do something important. And until you find that, most transitions are not successful. They may be monetarily successful, but there are a lot of veterans who are who end up being fairly well off financially and very very poor emotionally. And I've, I've yeah. seen that. Well, and I I think you know you, anybody that spends time in the military is like you know I had a I had a West Point commitment or or an active duty commitment, and there was a bit of like a countdown that goes on, like oh I can't wait till you know, I get yeah. to do what I want to do type of thing. And then you get closer and you're like, what do I want to do? Yeah. Like the army's kind of told me what I want to do or or yeah. what I have to do. And my job is to go do it. And I'm still connected to this, this greater mission. And, you know, whether I'm sweeping a motor pool or, you know, chasing bad guys in Baghdad, I'm wearing a uniform that makes me feel connected to something and, and you lose that. Yeah, and it, it also makes you hyper-focused on where you are at the moment and what you're doing right now. And I think part of the challenge for the rest of society is that we have we have access to a ton of information and probably more idle time than we know what to do with. And we start thinking about 
what we're not doing, what we don't have, what everybody else has, you know, and you start getting yourself in this mindset of, man, I have envy, really. Like I'm living with envy every day and I'm so dis dissatisfied where I am at this moment. And this to go get into stoicism a little bit, the stoics uh, are great about, love it. about saying, hey, you could die tomorrow. Like today, tomorrow is not guaranteed. All of this guaranteed is what you're doing right now. You should love where you are today. You should mm -hmm. embrace who you are with gusto right now because tomorrow is tomorrow is not a guarantee, right? And we all, we, most of us put off today and looking at, well, if I just get there, like I'm going to be good, you know, or if I just achieve this, or if I just get this job, or if I sell my company for millions of dollars, I'm going to be such in a great place and be so happy. And then a lot of my friends who've done that, they get there and they're like, okay, you know, like, okay, it, that's nice. Nice to have money in the bank, but I'm no happier than I was before. And in, matter, in some ways I'm, I'm less happy because now I don't have anything to focus on. So for sure, it's really an important element to be thinking about being, you know, we, we talk a lot about mindfulness and I think the stoicism is kind of the original kind of mindful philosophy of like, you know, really looking at how you're living today, really, you know, using the power of your mind to decide what you can control and what you can't control, what you're going to be bothered by and what you're not going to be bothered by, um, how to engage the world around you. Do you engage it with envy or do you engage it with humility? Do you look at opportunities say, and say, hey, you know, that's not the perfect job. It doesn't have the perfect title and I'm not making as much money as I want to. So I'm not going to take it as opposed to saying, hey, this is a foot in the door of a really good company and I might really be happy here and I'm going to go in and crush it and I'm going to show them that they made a great decision hiring me and I should have had that higher position that they didn't think I was qualified for. It's all about your your mindset. It really is. There's get to versus got to. I get to go do this versus I got to go do this. There's exactly. Dan Sullivan talks about the gap and the gain, focusing on what, you know, looking back how far I've come versus looking ahead and what am I missing out on? Yeah. And to your point, the... The world of capitalism, marketing, Instagram, social media is constantly putting in front of you all of the gap, right? So, it, it, it TV, whatever, it, yeah. you know, the housewives of whatever. Yeah. It's like we've we've so celebrityed, yeah, the rich and famous, or or maybe fake rich and famous, yeah. even in some yeah. ways. The gap is such an important thing because I talked to a lot of veterans about the gap because I think, and I was just having this conversation with a transitioning EOD guy who I'm coaching. And he, he was like, you know, his perception is that most civilians have it all nailed. Like they have it, like everyone's got a perfect life. They're, you know, they've got it all figured out. They're like living their, you know, whatever. And I'm looking at him going, nobody has it figured out. First of all, everybody's just getting up every day trying to like put their pants on and trying to find the front door. Right. And so what is that gap? That gap is not what you think it is. And in fact, a lot of times the gap is fake. Right. And, it, and, and what you see the way people are living or what you perceive them to be is not really what they are. And so, you know, one of the, one of the things I talk about in, in the Stoke transition is, Forget about what everybody else is doing. You know, you are not in a race with other people. You're in a race with yourself. You need to right. have, you need to have the courage to be able to step back and really think hard hard about what kind of person are you? What makes you happy? What types of things provide you purpose? 
and you don't chase the job because your other your friends are chasing the job and you want to have the title that they have or you want to have the revenue that they have because at the end of the day everything everything is really personalized and you're not you're not them and they're not you yeah there's a quote and i'm not going to remember who said it i'll put in the show notes don't ask what the world needs ask what makes you come alive because what the world needs is people who have come alive and you know john wooden the definition of success is like it's not an exterior definition of success. It's how no. you de- determine what success is. No. And, and at the end of the day, I do believe it's finding our purpose and, and maximizing our God-given gifts. Yeah, uh, I, I think there. there's a lot to that. You know, I listened to a, Steve Jobs had an interview before he died about, you know, why it's so important to make meaning out of your life and not just think about money because anything worthwhile is hard. Mm-hmm. And the military was hard. Like yep. the stuff that you went through in, in going into West Point as a plebe, I'm sure like you were thinking, what what did I do? And why am I <laughs> like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Right? And going through this process, you go through boot camp, you go through special operations training, whatever, it's hard. And there's a there's a reward at the end that is worthwhile because you've been through something tough, right? And so I think the the whole process of just embracing the idea that that things are hard and if you don't love it you're not going to stick with it. Like you, Steve Jobs was talking about how, you know, one of the most important things about meaning was that every entrepreneurial venture is fraught with like, you know, pivots and disaster and, yeah. you know, and challenges that you don't, you, you don't perceive when you start. And if you don't get every day and think this is my calling, then you're going to go do something else. And I think right. that's true for anybody, anybody even inside a company who goes in and crushes it. If you love what you're doing, you, it's going to show. Like I, I hire people. I've got a staff of 50 people here. I know the people who love what they do. And I know who shows up with a great attitude and wants to take on every opportunity, rolls up their sleeve, takes it on even though it's not in their job description, but does it anyway. Like those are things you just automatically see and start to internalize. And you start looking at a person going, that person's going someplace and I'm going to give them opportunity to continue to grow. Right. And so my my advice to most veterans, like every most veterans I talk to on paper, they're going to they're going to be successful. The question is, are they going to embrace the opportunities and go in and crush every opportunity that they have the way that 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 I know they can. They know they can. Right. And they get their head around the idea that this is not about what reward I'm going to get. This is about what I'm going to give. Yeah. Well, and and through and give through giving, you're going to get because you're going to experience what you like, what you don't like, and and there's value to that. You can the you know the where the DOD is getting the quote transition wrong is they think it's you know some line in the sand. I take the uniform off and I have I have come into you know my next career. It's like. Just like the military, you're changing jobs all the time. Yes, it's in an organization and you're getting promotions and like you're going to evolve as you as you come into the private sector. And some people are overwhelmed by too many opportunities and they don't know where to start. And others are overwhelmed by like a lack of opportunity and they don't know how to translate their skills to get started. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, no question. What what where can they get the book? 
The book's on Amazon. It's available in hard, hard, hard copy, paperback or or digital. I, I priced it at cost. Basically, it's really it's really a public service. I just want people to to embrace it. I want people to learn about Stoicism because I, to me, it is the most powerful personal empowerment philosophy that that's out there. It's like two thousand years old. What it, yeah. what it showed me, and I've used it a lot over the last three or four years of my life, is that what's new is old and what's old is new. And there's like, we're all, the human condition is not. Oh. Yeah. Like if you're, you're, whether you're Marcus Aurelius, the emperor of Rome, trying to deal with the pressures of leadership, or you are getting out of the Marine Corps and trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I translate my leadership skills into the private sector? Like the struggle is the same. Yeah. And so I think the beauty of it is that you can really tap into these philosophical nuggets that help you on a daily basis. It's a practice, right? It's stuff that you say to yourself on a daily basis. Like the big one of the big ones, dichotomy of control. What can I control? What can I control? Well, we spend a lot of time worrying about stuff that we can't control. A lot of anxiety is created by what we can't control. Instagram feed creates a lot of anxiety about stuff that you can't control. The news, there's all sorts of of forces at work that are getting you upset about things that you really cannot do anything about right now or today or even tomorrow. And so what it says is like, is this in my power or not? If it's not, I need to leave it go. I need to focus on the things that through my opinion, through my actions, through my thinking, through my effort, I can change. Yep. That one thing is like a nugget that can help you get through a tough day where you say, shit, I'm really upset about that, but I cannot do anything about that. I need to let that fly. Let me let that slide, and I need to focus on what's in front of me right here. Those kinds of things I think are needed now more than ever, and it's very simple concept, but it's very hard to do. It is, yeah. To understand is one thing; to practice is another. But I, I put a exclamation point on on stoicism and. Uh, those reflections, the daily dad moms that can apply daily to you dads. too. Daily dad, I share it with my wife all the time. Yep. Uh, it's it's at least a weekly, if not daily, two by four to the head of like, yo, <laughs> you got a family to lead too, and they're growing up quick, and you know, maximize the opportunity. And yeah, well, I think don't, I rush, think don't rush bedtime. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Or don't wish, don't wish time away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, even I catch my son saying, God, I wish this were over and I wish I was. And I try to stop him and say, you know, it's going to go like that and it will be over. And you you will look back and wish that you had taken more time and attention to really experiencing the whole thing. And yeah. I think we as parents often say, oh, my God, this phase is so bad. Like, I, I wish this phase were over. Like I, my wife and I have that conversation, you know, was, I have a 17 year old boy you know, young, young man, he's trying to like figure out his path. And there are certain things going on now that I wish, like, I just wish we're done. <laughs> you know? but, but I realized that this is my opportunity to try to teach and to try to impart some knowledge in the way that he will hopefully accept it. And I think one of the things about stoicism and the way that I've kind of even written this book is these are nuggets that's designed to give you ideas and to give you examples. And then it's up to you to kind of figure out how to apply them, you know, to your own life. Yeah. Nobody has the answers. You have the answers. These are just reflections to, to get you to get your own answers. Right. Well, I think it's more always about 
and this is, I say to my son a lot, like, are you asking the right questions is really the question. It's not about the answer. It's like, are you, are you asking the right question about what this really is and what it should be? And I think that if you get people to ask the right question, they'll come up with the answer. Like, but a lot of times the questions are not right. Yeah. Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE verified, service disabled, veteran owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. All right. So speaking of questions, and we'll, you know, you, you've written three books outside of your own books, because we will link all of them in the show notes. Most recommended book. Oh. God, that's a great question. I mean, if you're interested in Stoicism, I would, I would, I would say how to think like a Roman emperor. I think his name's David Robertson. It's a great book, uh, very, very readable. Takes you through Marcus Aurelius's life and a lot of the lessons that he had. And it really helps you to kind of think it like think like a Stoic. Very, very accessible. Ryan Holiday, as you know, who who publishes the Daily Dad and the Daily Stoic. Yep. Uh, that that website is great. It's a daily email that he sends out, and his books are really well done on stoicism. You know, I I actually the book that that I think has been really impactful for me is a lot of the work that Simon Sinek does done on start with why mm. and that whole why journey that I went through um, in my own trans transition out of my company and into the social sector had a lot to do with trying to figure out what my, what my why was like, why did I, why was I here? And I think that book is, gives you a really good roadmap to kind of approach the question in a practical way. Yeah, I I agree. And it's, it started out as really a corporate marketing presentation, but it has become really an individual philosophy and defining your your why yeah and i uh, actually think it's much more useful for an individual than it is i do too yeah for sure how about favorite quotes my favorite quote is that as a quote i say a lot to my son actually so i'm going to say it here by seneca which is you know we suffer more in imagination than we do in reality and the idea is that we are always projecting we're suffering the idea of something we're suffering the anticipation of something we're suffering what we think might happen. And and then, but in the end, a lot of times it doesn't happen. And we've suffered it twice. We've suffered the anticipation. And then if it does happen, we're suffering it. And we're suffering the anticipation. And then if it doesn't happen, we just wasted all that time and energy, like worrying about nothing. Right. Yeah. So every day when, you know, when I, when I get the phone call, like I get a text from my mom saying, you know, your, your dad's struggling right now. You know, he's in his nineties will you please call me? I go through this whole thing about, oh my God, what's happening? And then if I can't call right away, I'm spending an hour worrying. And then I call up and it's like, yeah, he, 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 you know, he's, his, his sinuses are impacted and he needs to go to the doctor, you know, and get some sinus medication. I'm like, really? That's, <laughs> That's it? it? <laughs> <laughs> so I love that quote. Um, you know, Marcus Aurelius has a quote about, you know, choosing to be harmed or not harmed. Um, you know, you can choose to be harmed, but if you choose not, if you can choose to be harmed and if you choose that you will be harmed. Right. And the idea that the notion that something will offend you is really up to you. Like it, you, you know, and we, we're very focused on 
victimhood now in our culture. Like everyone's been wronged in some way and we're going to, you know, spend time agonizing over what happened, you know, in the past. Yep. And Marcus Aurelius would say, that's a waste of energy. Like you can choose to say, hey, you know what, maybe, maybe it did suck in the past, but that I'm here now and I'm going to choose not to let that slow me down. I'm going to choose not to be offended by what happened. Right. And yeah. that's a beautiful concept because it really puts the power of your perception in your control. It's that alone is everything to me. It is. I, I mean, <laughs> it's like back to your control, the controllables and that dichotomy. It's like I, I get to control how I look at this. I get to control my perspective. I get to control if I'm offended. I get to. And that's uh, the, the core concept around stoicism is that humans have the ability to reason. You have a brain and you can decide what you can and cannot control what you will or will not be offended by, how you will or will not react to a situation. And I think for veterans in particular, my message is, hey, you know, it's up to you if you approach something with a growth mindset or with a, oh my God, I'm going into the unknown and I'm going to be timid and scared and and not ask questions and not put myself out there, not take a risk, not not be so scared of failing that you don't try. Right. Yeah. And really, it's the the beauty of it is that, first of all, failure is rewarded in the civilian world in a lot of ways and is a complete dichotomy to how the military thinks about it. And that's a that's something that you have control over. You can get your head around the fact that, hey, I may try this. I might fall flat on my face. You know what? That's OK, because now I've learned something. For sure. I, and our, our greatest lessons, my greatest lessons come when. I put myself out there and I got to figure it out. And hey, maybe I get punched in the face. Maybe I don't. If you could have a dinner party with three people that are alive, who would they be? Such a great question. Oh, man. Let's see. It would have to be, I would, I would definitely have it with Marcus Aurelius. I would have it with Abraham Lincoln for sure. And I'd probably throw George Patton in there just for the heck of it. Interesting. Curious how he'd behave at a dinner party. I don't know, but I'd love to see it, actually. <laughs> I love this. All right. So you've had a lot of career, serial entrepreneur, financial success. You're having a lot of impact in your, your post-business life. What do you want on your tombstone? What do you want your legacy to be? How do you want to be remembered? You know, I, I guess... I guess I want to be remembered as someone who tried to make the world a better place, who 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 uh, was a servant leader. And I really believe so heavily in servant leadership. I really believe that everything you get comes from what you give. And the most meaningful experiences I've had in my life had nothing to do with outside of my family, had nothing to do with any deal that I did or anything I sold or any like any of that it has to do with the the individual person that I met with that I was able to kind of help either connect to somebody, I could help put the light bulb on, I could help kind of counsel or help to move them forward in a positive way. That that's like catnip for me. And so I guess I would would want a, a tombstone that said, you know, here lies a good man who who, you know, who tried to use his gifts to help others. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good goal. It, 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 it is. And then 
just to close us out, any closing inspiration to our veterans, to small business owners, to people trying to make an impact? I'm sure you get to you get to interact with a lot of different people going through a lot of different things. You know, maybe some closing inspiration for for all those folks. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a I think there's a Teddy Roosevelt quote about uh, the man in the arena, you know, which I which I I love, and I think you can say that the person in the arena is going to be the one who gains the most, right? So just go for it. You know, I I, I actually tell a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with, like you've already succeeded just by being here. Like you're you've already taken the step to try to start something. That's more than most people do, right? Whether you have success or not, the fact that you have you've you've marshaled your forces to sit down and really kind of put yourself at risk is a phenomenal step. And yeah. if more people did that, you would be surprised at how much success they would find. I think a lot of people don't because they're afraid. And so my advice is like get into the arena, you know, give it a try. The worst thing can happen is it doesn't work out. That's okay. Yeah. As long as you're not going to be on the street and you're not going to lose your house, you can still feed your family. It's, you know, it's okay if it doesn't work out. You will learn something and you will pivot to something else. Then eventually you will find the thing that does work out. Right. Um, But you'll never get any of that if you don't try. And so, like I say to veterans, you know, it's a few veterans I've counseled recently and they were really focusing on like, you know, going to work for Booz Allen or, trying to find that sort of defense contractor job because it was really easy to kind of like roll into it and everything. And I would stop them and say, look, if you want to go work for Booz Allen, you should go work for Booz Allen. But if you're doing it because you're afraid to take a step outside, then you really need to think about what you're doing because you may spend a few years there, but you probably won't be happy. Right. Yeah. It's about, you know, it's about learning to, you know, kind of believe in yourself. And I think a lot of veterans in particular, I have more faith. I, I know what they're capable of more than I think they, they themselves know what they're capable of in the civilian world. And I keep telling them, man, you're going to crush it. Like, just go out. You know what? If you show up every day with a great attitude and you work really hard, you're already better than like 95% of the people out there. It's <laughs> that easy. It's not hard. Yeah. Awesome. Ken, it was so great meeting you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And thanks for what you do for our, for our veterans and for all of the, the social impact ventures that you're working with. Hey, it's my pleasure. And I love meeting you and uh, loved our conversation. Awesome. Everybody, thanks so much for su- subscribing and listening. If you're getting value out of this, maybe pass it along to somebody else. Pay it forward. It is critical that we help anybody that, you know, veteran transition or not, could get value out of this. Thanks so much for listening. Having a great day and a great weekend. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open. Contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.